welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley. It is officially one week before Halloween, my favorite holiday. And boy, howdy, I can't wait to be checking out some wonderful movies this month. Well, we can, this show, we're going to be talking about the films Wonderstruck, Loving Vincent, and Earth One Amazing Day. And also talking about the California Science Center reopening in Los Angeles. Right now, to kick off the show, I'm here with the wonderful Clayton, who is 17 from The Big Apple, New York City. And also Diana from L.A. talking about the new film, Wonderstruck. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this film is a period piece following its uh, coming-of-age film, following two kids on a journey, one in 1927, one in 1977. Looks like a fun, absolutely heartwarming film. Clayton, what were your first impressions with it? Well, my first impression is like the main reason why I love the film is because it combines the artistic styles of like the old black and white, like silent films with the more like modern color of today's films. Now, can you give me at least a brief summary of what the film is about? I kind of talked about it, but I want to elaborate a bit more on the plot. Okay, so um, Wonderstruck tells it's like two similar stories that have, end up having a connection. One story concerns a 12-year-old boy, Ben, and you said 1970s, who after losing his mom, decides to run away and look for his father in the big city. And the other story, it's about a young girl, uh, Rose, in the late 1920s, and it is portrayed as a silent film in black and white. Now, Diana, when I saw the trailer for this film, I just couldn't stop, like, I couldn't... It was just absolutely amazing because it looks absolutely beautiful. Um, so tell us about the cinematography in this film and how, what you thought of it. So the cinematography in this film is so amazing because, like, there's such great music and, like, the shots are so amazingly perfect. Like, at the end, like, you can see the different types of camera angles and, like, the whole different type of style of filming that I thought was really amazing. Now, when I saw this film well, saw the trailer for this film, I was thinking it's such an adorable coming-of-age film because it's just following these two children on a journey, both connect in some way. So tell us about the plot and how invested, if you were invested with it. So I really loved the plot of the story because it really gave you a look into these people's lives. And in the past, Rose, uh, you find out later on she has a disability that that Ben also has, and it really gives you a picture into what their disability is and how it would feel like to have their disability. Hmm. Now, Clayton, let's talk about what you enjoyed most about, like your favorite aspect of the film, and then we'll talk about your favorite part. Okay, definitely the cinematography. Like, it was totally, it was amazing because it kept switching from, like, black and white to, like, uh, the colors of today, and I found that very interesting because no movies nowadays really do that. Certainly. And what would you say is your favorite part? Um, my favorite scene is uh, when Ben and his friend Jamie that he meets in NYC explore the secret uh, rooms in the Museum of Natural History. 
Now that brings up a good point. This is kind of a little bit of a, a mystery, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because he's looking for his father and he could he can't find him. So now the thing of mysteries is just is that they can go one or two ways. They can go absolutely nowhere or they go somewhere. Now, tell us what did you think about the mystery in this film and like wh- were you invested in it? Um, for me, I didn't like feel like it was such like um the mystery aspect was huge. I don't feel like it was really. I wouldn't really call it like uh, itself a mystery film. I feel like it's more of like a coming of age film. But there is like an underlying like mystery part of it because he has to find his father. But I wasn't really, I didn't really notice it as much as to like the coming of ageness. Mm. And Dariana, what would you say is your favorite part in the film? My favorite part definitely is like when you find out how they're so alike and how like when Rose in 1927 when she goes to the Natural History Museum and when Ben goes to the Natural History Museum in 1977 I definitely really loved that scene because they were like they were in the same exact place in two different times and it looked exactly the same and it was so amazing oh I can't wait to check out the film to see how they intertwine I know that's uh, that's something in there that that is from the trailer at least they they really try to keep that hidden, but it's it's interesting. Now, this film does have some fantastic actors, it looks like. Some up-and-coming child actors like Oaks Fakely and and um, Missilient Simmons. I'm hopefully I'm not butchering their name. And, of course, you got like big stars like Julian Moore and Michelle Williams. Uh, what did you think of their performances in the film? Um, Clayton, we'll start with you. Oh, uh, Julianne Moore is always amazing for me in any movie. And the other two were... Oaks Fegley, I really liked his performance. And Michelle Williams, her character was like very interesting, and I really enjoyed how she portrayed the character. Ah, yeah. And Dariana, what did you think about the performances in this film? Of course, they're so famous, of course. They did amazing, as always. But they definitely did some amazing things with the character's personality and everything. And, like, because most of the characters because the main characters had disabilities, that they did a really good job portraying them, and I think that was really amazing. Fantastic. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Badness, and we're going to be talking about the films Loving Vincent and Earth One Amazing Day. We're going to, get to continue our conversation with Clayton Diana about Wonderstruck. Now, this film features some very talented child actors from what I'm seeing. And I think I find it interesting that nowadays, I feel like it's kind of the rise of child actors nowadays because with Stranger Things, Monster Calls, so many like really big child actors are, are like coming through and really showcasing their talent, which I think is fantastic because let's be honest, some actors, um, it, that goes along for any actors, but sometimes there's actors that are that fall flat, and others that are, of course, extraordinary. And we've been really getting a lot of great child actors lately. Um, so, um, Clayton, w- let's talk specifically about the main actors, of course, in this film, which are the kids and how you think they did. I think for kids, they did really well. Uh, usually when I see other kids' actors, I compare them to the uh, kids from Stranger Things, because that show's amazing. And the, I think they did great acting, and I didn't really, didn't really 
change my viewpoint on the film whatsoever. Understandable. And it's, it's hard when, when, like, looking at child actors, too, because you kind of want to... You want to compare them to, like, adult actors because they're, they're really trying to... They're, they, especially since they have to act alongside such talented actors like Julian Moore and Michelle Williams, and for them to, like... For Oaks, Fake Lee, and Simons to be able to do that, to be able to work alongside these actors, it's just, like... That takes a lot of... That, that's a lot of talent right there to be able to work alongside such veteran actors like that. Dariana, what would you recommend this film for? Not age-wise, but, like, the type of people who would enjoy this film. I feel like the type of people who should enjoy this film are people who like more realistic films because it's it is real it's realistic fiction and I really loved it because it was realistic fiction and it really gives you a viewpoint into that type of life. So I think people who like that type of stuff would really love this. Certainly, it's, it definitely is a period piece. I mean, you got the roaring 20s and the absolutely amazing like 1970s which are two completely different decades and of course the cinematography and the performances will showcase the differences between those time periods uh what about you um clayton would you who would you recommend this film for like personality wise probably like artistry people that are into the arts because of just how the cinematography i feel like it feels like a artist type like history person would enjoy it interesting now um what would, now the thing is that we were talking about the cinematography and how it looks beautiful do you feel like that this film is fueled by the cinematography and the the beauty of it that it kind of clouds a lot of um judgment from like the characters and stories no i don't think it clouds it at all i just think it's like the cherry on the top that makes this film just amazing wonderful uh, Doriana, what would you say is your favorite character in the film? I think my favorite character would definitely be Jamie because I really loved his personality and how he just wanted to be Ben's friend. Ah, sounds adorable. And Clayton, what would you say is your favorite character? Probably Jamie as well. <laughs> yeah. For the same reasons or different reasons? Uh, just his adventurousness and how much energy he has. Wonderful. Now, Clayton, um, what would you say, how many stars would you give this film, and what would you say is your age recommendation? Um, I'd give this uh, film four out of five stars for its creativeness of combining two different artistic styles, and I recommend it for ages 12 to 18. Diana, how many stars do you give the film? I give this film four out of five stars because of its amazing plotline and great, amazing actors and characters. And I would recommend this film for ages 11 to 18, too. Wonderful. Well, I can't wait to go check out this film. So thank you so much, you two, for talking about Wonderstruck. Of course. Thank you. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Badness. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we just got done talking about the amazing Wonderstruck with Clayton and Ariana. We're going to continue the show talking about the films Loving Vincent, and right now we're going to talk to the amazing Rowan from New York City about the new film, Earth, One Amazing Day. Thank you so much, Rowan, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So, Rowan, this film is a documentary following... Um, to following animals from all, the world, all around the world. So um, tell us a bit about what you thought of the film. And well, the cinematography was amazing. Huh. And I liked their decision on what animals to follow at what time of day. And I also really enjoyed how they had the way they showed how the sun was impacting them so much. Definitely. And that's very important to point out that, you know, the world's getting hotter. Anyway, so this is, a, of course, as I said before, a documentary, and it's following... I love these films, especially since it's, like, continuing... I believe this is a continuation of the series Earth, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, the, great the series. Then the movie. Yep. Hmm? The series, then the then a first movie, then this is the sequel to that movie. Series, then a movie, and then this is the sequel to that movie. Yes. Uh, so, it's... It's fantastic that we have like advanced our technologies and camera and cameras to be able to capture some of these magical moments in nature where you have we're following birds, we're following pandas, and we're following we're following the, the depths of the sea. It's fascinating to me, and I still and I and it's I feel like these are films that you have to see on the big screen. Uh, did you by any chance see this on IMAX? Um. Yeah, I saw Dolby t- Theatres, so the ah. audio quality was also extremely incredible. Yeah, there's just some films you just need to see on the big screen, and I, I'm guessing you would recommend seeing this in theatres, correct? Yeah, correct, because this movie was so detailed in its graphics, and I feel like most TVs aren't even able to show how many, how clear every image was. Tell us a bit more about what you learned in this documentary. It followed like, quite a few unusual animals, but like narwhals, penguins. I learned quite a bit about penguins, and I learned that they that they 
take turns going to get food and that in certain places they travel over 100 miles to go get food just to bring it back. Interesting. Now, um, what other animals do they follow? They follow penguins, narwhals, you mentioned. And what was your, th- what would you say is your favorite animal that they followed? Well, I can't remember the specific name, but there was this type of lizard that needed to, that needed to bathe in the sun each morning before it had enough energy to move. But um, my, the reason this was my favorite part is because it showed, the scene showed new, newborn the, of these lizards hatching they and they had to run all the way back they had to run all the way to the rocks where the adults was while avoiding the snakes which were trying to eat them very interesting why well, i think it's fascinating and also very meticulous about documentary filmmaking is that it's you set up a camera and you just have to wait long hours to try to capture like these scenes of Lizards getting hatched and narwhals jumping up into the jumping in the air. So uh, I'm guessing they caught some very magical moments in this film. Yeah, lots like things that you really wouldn't expect to be possible were done by animals, and they caught it on camera. Like yep. penguins jumping off jumping off the rocks. It seemed like it was impossible for them to get back up, but somehow they did, and they caught it on camera. And that's just movie magic right there. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Badness. We're going to continue the show talk about loving Vincent. Right now, we're going to continue our talk with the wonderful Rowan about Earth, one amazing day. So you mentioned that they, they capture a lot of magical moments in this film. What would you say is the message of this documentary? Well, the message is that there's beauty all around us in nature and that's and that no matter where you are, if you just take a minute to walk around, you will be able to see it. That, that sounds like it's a great message. And how do you feel that they, they get that message across? Well, later in the film, right by the end, they go, they not only show nature, but they also go into showing part of, like, cute New York City. Mm-hmm. Places I recognize, Times Square. They show this and say that how humans have invented a way to stop the darkness from causing them to have to have to stop their day. And then it starts speaking about all the beauty, beautiful things humans have made. This documentary is following a lot of beautiful animals. And again, you said, like you said before, it is absolutely visually stunning of what they're able to capture on camera. I also hear that there was like a bit of a showcase of the cameras they used in this film. Well, yeah, they used like tons of these, tons of new drone cameras to catch aerial shots of these really exotic and difficult to capture areas. And they used all sorts of different high definition cameras to catch things as small, as small as insects and mushrooms and making them see, seem so, so giant and realistic. So lifelike in just like two minutes of video of the the bug flying around trying to find a mate in a mushroom. Absolutely, it's I. It's, this stuff just fascinates me because I love nature and I love watching and like animals in their day to day lives. And those things have been made. It's made possible for everyone to see these things through documentary filmmaking and through filmmakers who spend years trying to capture these moments. And you know, 
I feel like it's all worth it when we're able to see it on the big screen with beautiful surround sound. Yeah. What did you enjoy most about this documentary? Well, my favorite part was how they incorporated like lots of funny parts into this very serious seeming documentary. Like when it went when it was around midday, it it went it went to follow a group of bears, like several groups of bears, so not all one type. Mm-hmm. And ha- and they, it, it was after winter, so they were scratching off their fur. But the way they showed it is that they played it to really funny music and edited it, so edit the video, so that it looked like the bears were dancing to the music against the trees. Ah, audience are demanding more dancing bears. That's exactly what we're asking for. So that sounds like some fun, humorous moments in there. And what would you say is like this is recommended for, like personality-wise? Well, I think this is isn't really a documentary made for like people who are like extremely into these nature documentaries. I think it's more of just a casual documentary which ca- tries which does have lots of things that those people like, but also has things that would keep the casual viewer interested. Interesting. interesting. And, and what and what, what makes it interesting and like appealing to like the casual just moviegoer? Well, there's like lots of there's lots of well spaced jokes, but by both the narrator and just in the music itself, as well as just just the way they use the way they use their video to what the narrator is saying to kind of just make jokes of lots of different jokes. Now, final question: since this has become a series. Uh, what's what do you want the series of Earth to capture next? Like, what's like one place in on around the world or an animal that you really want to learn more about and see put on the big screen? Well, I think an animal that might be interesting to see in one of these documentaries would probably be the ballast lizard, which is a lizard that's able to walk on water. I'd really like to learn more about that lizard, but I never seem to have the time to Google it. I think it's a uh, basilisk, right? Yeah. The basilisk. Yeah, that's that'll be actually that'll be a fun creature to get on camera and see on the big screen. Yeah, that's actually really cool. So what would you say is the age recommendation and how many stars would you give this film? I give this film five out of five stars because it has extremely good like incredible cinematography and storytelling in it. And I recommend it for ages six to eighteen. Six to eighteen. I'm in that age range, so I'll be able to see it. Well, thank you so much, Rowan, for talking about Earth, One Amazing Day. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Badness. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at 
at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Talia Jacknick, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about fabulous films such as Wonderstruck and Earth, One Amazing Day. Next, we'll be talking to the wonderful Kiefer, who lives in L.A., about Loving Vincent. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It is a pleasure. So I did a bit of research about the film and found out that it is a fully oil-painted film about the famous artist Vincent van Gogh's life and his controversial death. Already, this film sounds compelling to me. Can you give me your thoughts about the film? Did you like it or dislike it? Oh, we we don't have enough time to talk about this film, but I'm going to try my best. Loving Vincent, as you said before, is the first ever feature film to be fully painted in oil pastels. And it is by far one of the most gorgeous films I've ever seen put on cinema. It is a complete and utter landmark film. It is beautifully, beautifully acted. It has a very compelling story. And to go along with these beautiful visuals that showcase the tragic life of such an iconic artist such as Vincent van Gogh. And... It's just absolutely breathtaking. That's amazing. I know, I just watched the trailer, and already I thought it looked absolutely beautiful. I mean, the film has just such a unique quality, and I've personally never seen anything like it. Um, What are your thoughts on the film being completely made of oil paintings? Well, the thing is, though, is movies are about execution and how to execute a story. Now, I want to state this first. If this film was just a regular live-action, biographical film, not not painted at all, and it was just actors in front of a camera just acting, it would have been just an average film because the story and characters are kind of like, meh. I mean, Vincent Van Gogh's storyline... Okay, let me put it this way. The film follows a, a, young, a young lad who is the father... Uh, who is the son of Vincent Van Gogh's um, postman. And so he has to deliver... And this is after Vincent Van Gogh apparently killed himself... That's the, that's the kind of mystery, whether he was murdered or he was killed. And it follows, the, it follows his journey trying to figure out if he was killed or murdered. And so we're following that story. We're also following, of course, putting the pieces together of his mystery. And it's interesting, but our main protagonist is not the most compelling, uh, in my opinion. He's, uh, it's Armand Roland. I think he's played by Douglas Booth. I think he's fine, I think, but he's just kind of like a one-note character. But all that aside, it's because of the visuals that really are the driving force of this film. Because they, they tried their best, the, the animators, which were, I think, 185 painters, to painstakingly create each frame of this film um, to match the style of Vincent van Gogh. And so they match, they get their, he get, they get the lighting, they have the right 
paintbrushes. It looks like Vincent Van Gogh painted this film himself. That's how attention to detail they were. And it is just completely and utterly mesmerizing how they were able to create this film. Yes, that, that actually does sound fantastic. I was reading about how they were trying to mimic Vincent's like real-life paintings. So yeah. you believe that they successfully did that? Oh, big time. This is interesting because at the end of the film, they kind of sh they show the paintings that inspired some of the shots. And it's like, it's, it's, it's practically identical because a lot of the shots in this film are recreations of, the, of his paintings. Um, some of them like Starry Starry Nights in there and many of his paintings of his room, his self-portrait. Many, many of his portrait paintings are characters in the film, like the main protagonist, the man in the yellow suit. That's a painting he did. His, the postman, that's a real-life person that he painted. Um, there's just so many things. And if you're, if you're not even a scholar of, the, of Vincent van Gogh, I knew a little bit about him. But even if you're not like a diehard fan of Vincent van Gogh painting, you're still going to enjoy it. And actually... It inspired me to learn more about this man, about his paintings, and it gave me a deeper appreciation for this for this artist. Well, that's great. I, I love it when like movies connect with people like that. And okay, so we were talking about more of like scenes in the film. Um, what is your favorite scene and why? That's really hard. Uh, I would guess my favorite scene is when our main protagonist, uh, Armand Roland, meets uh, meets uh, Vincent Van Gogh's doctor, his psychiatrist, Doctor Ganesh, uh, played by um, Jeremiah Flynn, who's part one of my, who's uh, main role main role in my favorite series of all time, Game of Thrones, which is great. But I digress. Anyway, their conversation with each other because Doctor Ganet Doctor Gajet, uh, it's French, so I cannot pronounce it correctly, um, Gadget is, was not only his psychiatrist, but almost a brother to Vince Van Gogh, and he himself is a failed artist. And the conversation they have together, and the accusations that Roland is putting on him about how it's his fault that he is, he's dead in the first place, is, it's just so tragic, and so, it's because this film was done entirely in rotoscope, which meant they filmed the actors and then they took the frames of those live action, like live action shots and painted over them. So that's what it means by rotoscoping. But the emotions that you can clearly see the emotions in every single frame, the paintings enhance the complete and utter pain and loss that these characters are feeling. And it's just, it leads you to tears. I'm not joking. Wow, this sounds like such a beautiful movie. I'm, I really want to see it now. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about Wonderstruck, Loving Vincent, the California Science Center's reopening, Transformers Last Night, and Earth One Fine Day. Our sponsor is Little Wolf's Book of Badness. Right now, I'm talking with Kiefer about Loving Vincent. Okay, so a lot of times when a film is based on a historical figure, it is biased towards them. Do you feel that this was the case in this film? Not at all. I really feel like this This was, at the same time, I feel like the filmmakers were trying to make a love letter to Vincent by showing the, raw, the rawness of him. 
we saw multiple sides of Vincent, his kind of craze, his, cause he was, he, he was mentally ill. So we see his loving side. We see his deranged side. We see all aspects of Vincent in his last days that you, it's, I don't feel like it's biased, but you can't help but just sympathize for him. And that's the whole point. Uh, film is supposed to show, is supposed to invoke the audience's empathy. And you feel for Vincent and his passion, his, his love for every painting he creates, but also a lot of the insanity that, inv that was invoked in him. So, yeah, I don't feel like it's, it's at all biased. I feel like it is very, it's very much, it's not, it's very much just showcases the last days of a genius. Wow, that, that's really beautiful. And a lot of times it's kind of hard to portray like such like emotions when acting isn't very good. Do you think that the acting was good in this film? Um, <laughs> were there any exceptional performances that you saw? So many great actors were in this film. And that's, and as I mentioned before, this was done in rotoscope. So I want to go a little bit more detail what that is. It's when the actors are on a set and they, they film them. They film them acting. And then they take the footage and they paint over it. And they match in the style of Vincent Van Gogh. And, well, the performances are just extraordinary. One particular is um, Sarsi Renan. Uh, I, I, I got her first name. Well, who plays the, the therapist's daughter, um, Marjorie Gadget. Uh, I'm butchering names today. But anyway, I love Sarsi. I think she's amazing. She's been in multiple films like Grand Budapest Hotel. She was in the latest, a latest film she was in called Lady Bird. She is just a phenomenal actress. And she's gorgeous in this film because she is a bit of a mystery you don't really know what part she plays in all of this and when you kind of we learn more about her and we the conversations with her are completely and utterly just just raw and genuine and she she, she, she truly loved vincent and it's interesting because whenever like there's a mystery film and you always those different there's of course like a you meet different characters and their perspective on the victim. And each one of them are just, every performance in here is just fantastic. Especially uh, Robert, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but Robert, uh, who plays Vincent Van Gogh. What a performance. What talent. Wow, that, that's amazing. I mean, the acting sounds fantastic. And so you were talking about how there's like a lot of, a lot of things happening. There's a lot of like, they're talking about suicide, a lot of like strong, powerful, like things are being portrayed in this film. Um, what part of the story told by the movie was the most powerful in like your perspective and why? This film bounces back from um, Armin Roland's, well, case. Well, yeah, his deduction. So that's in color. And that's, uh, that's of course, in Vincent Van Gogh's style. And it's him trying to put the piece together. But the flashbacks, which is from the perspective of Van Gogh, well, actually, they're, they're from the perspective of the witnesses. And that's in black and white, still Vincent Van Gogh's style. And it's, I think that was the most interesting part, the flashbacks, because it reduced, that's where you get to see Vincent Van Gogh at his most raw and his most like heartbreaking moments because that's it's his story it's his flashbacks we're still trying to put them together so yeah it's that's the most telling part of the film and that's the film that's the part of the films that was the most interesting if you haven't seen this film 
I don't blame you for not finding it because it is in select theaters. Please go on lovingvincent.com and and that gives you a list of theaters that it is showing. I, I, I won't lie to you. This film needs to be seen on the big screen. Please, if you can, please go check it out and support this film because this film took a lot. So many people were involved in this film and so many animators and it's just great for you to show your support by checking out this film and spreading the word because this film is just completely gorgeous and it is only films like these are only made in a lifetime i think and so just go check it out it's a beautiful film five out of five story story nights and i recommend this film to about 12 to 18 year olds because even because it is pg-13 and i feel like it is they do talk about mature subjects and it is again a, a historical film so it's not your typical explosions so many so much is happening but so it may not appeal to younger audiences but if you can go see it please go see it just to sh witness the sheer beauty of vincent van gogh's art style and the tragedy that followed in his expression of being a genius great thank you so much for letting me interview you today it's always a pleasure talking to you Kiefer. i'm glad i was able to rant about this film it's such an amazing <laughs> Okay, let's take a break. I'm Talia Jaffnook, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Today's show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Badness. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Talia Jaffnook, and we have just finished talking about fabulous films. Now I will be talking to Jolene about the reopening of California Science Center. Okay, so what did you think of the new IMAX theater at the California Science Center? It's really, really cool. It really enhances all the details and like the sound quality of the film. Like, normal IMAX has good sound quality, but this this um, laser theater IMAX, and they have, like, so many speakers in there that are really good. Um, like, it just, like, makes 
it puts detail into the sound. Like there's, you can hear more elements to the sound, and like um, the laser projection, it adds so much more detail as well and realistic colors. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Every time I go see IMAX movies, I'm always like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But so, have you personally seen um, any IMAX films in theaters before? Yes, I have. Great. And was this one like better than normal theaters, or was it kind of like the same? This one was definitely um, better than normal IMAX theaters. Like IMAX theaters aren't bad; like they're pretty good. But this, like IMAX la- with laser projection and stuff, this one like takes it to a different level where it's like way more detailed and like way more realistic. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your favorite part about the event? My favorite part was actually watching the films because there were also activities to do there, but mainly it was just food or the watching the movie or the activities. So I think the the films were pretty cool to watch in 3D. Nice. And what were some of the activities that they were doing? They had like a huge like snake, and then they had like a tank of two geckos, and then it was really cool to like look at them. And then they also had these activities where you could like create your own mini hurricane with like cotton balls. And then they had one where you could create your own cloud in a bottle. And then finally, like create your own um, figurine animal that would like fit in a certain environment. Wow, that's pretty cool. I want to do some of those things. actually. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. And could you tell me a little bit about the movies that you watch? I believe that you watch Hurricane and Amazon Adventure. Am I wrong? Yeah, that's actually right. And so the Hurricane one, Hurricane 3D, it was really, I don't know, to me it was scary. I was scared because, like, it's super loud and then, like, there's a bunch of, like, rain sounds and, like, leaves rustling and, like, super loud, like, wind. And you can, like, hear like roofs being like ripped off and it's really scary because all of the people in the film look really scared and they have to like hide some places and then like it's just like really loud and really like it made my heart beat really fast and then after it was sad because like people were crying because they lost their houses so yeah um amazon adventure it was i like that one that one was like about an explorer who um, spent his whole life trying to figure out trying to figure out if animals like if animals like mutate and grow and ad- adapt to like to um, not get eaten by their predators and it was really cool because they used a mix of animation and like really good cameras to capture like the the Amazon and all its like beauty. And they also use, like, animation, like I said. And it really, like, bring everything to life. And it was really pretty and really beautiful. That's great. Okay. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Wonderstruck, Loving Vincent, the California Science Center's reopening, Transformer, The Last Night, and Earth, One Fine Day. And right now, I'm talking to Jolene about the California Science Center reopening. 
So I read that they added some elements during the screening. Were there any special effects during the movie? Yeah, I, there were a lot of special effects for in the Amazon adventure because they had to like make him look really sick and like really like about like he was about to die. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it looked really like realistic too. I was like scared, but I'm pretty sure that he wasn't about to die while he was filming this, so I think they used some special effects there. Okay, that's great. And could you tell me a little bit about the 3D technology? Um, what was your experience watching in 3D? Did it like make it a lot better? Yeah, it really made it a lot better. It was like, you know, in normal 3D movies, it's like, whoa, it's close to my face. But in this one, like, it really gets up all in your face. Like, it's so close to your face. And it, it like, made the whole crowd just go, whoa, whoa. It's, like, <laughs> so close. And plus, it's really realistic. So it's, like, you can actually, it makes you feel like you can actually touch it. Wow, that's amazing. I know every time I go to watch, like, IMAX movies or 3D movies, I always feel like I'm just, like, right inside the film. Did you feel like you were a part of the movie? Yeah, it was... Um, because they had, like, surround sound speakers, and then plus the 3D. I felt like I was, like, in the hurricane. I was, like, super scared. And the whole, like, theater was, like, vibrating, too. So it was, like, really scary. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, okay, so going back to the films that we were talking about, Hurricane and Amazon Adventure, would you consider these films entertainment or more informational? Um, the hurricane one, hurricane um, 3D, I think that one's more informational. And then the Amazon adventure one, that one is more entertainment. Because like the hurricane one, it gives a lot of facts about this hurricane and like what can happen in there. But it also like shows the story of some people, but I think it's more informational and with Amazon Adventure, it's just, like, the story about this guy who wants to discover this different type of species of butterflies and see how they grow and grow and evolve. So, yeah. That's great. So did you learn anything from these movies, like, anything about nature in particular? Um, I learned about, like, natural selection, how... Um, how uh, how if you if you have genes that will that will like help you not get eaten by a predator, then like you'll survive. And then um, more of your more of your um, offspring will like keep reproducing, and then there'll be more of your kind. And then it'll just like make your species less susceptible to being eaten. So I thought that was pretty cool how that worked because I was always. I've always been wondering, like, how do they know to look like a snake even though they're not, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so what's the age group you recommend it, and what are the star ratings you give each of the films? Um, I give both of the films five out of five. They were really amazing. And for The Hurricane, I recommend this for the ages of 10 to 18, because I think that, like, younger kids would be scared by it a little bit because like yeah it's like really like really loud and like a lot of thunder and lightning and stuff so 
10 to 18. And then for the Amazon Amazon Adventure, I um, recommend it for ages 3 to 18 for everyone because that one it was really cool and really um, really detailed and really beautiful. Both of them were really good. Yeah, I'm so glad that you enjoyed these films. Okay, thank mm-hmm. you so much for talking with me, Jolene. You were just so much fun to interview. <laughs> thank you for interviewing me. Okay, great. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, to learn how you can go and join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the team section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by the Correlation for Quality Children's Media for the Voice of America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Badness. I'm Talia Jacknook. Have a fabulous Halloween. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.